Welcome, everybody. I'm really excited that you're able to join us today, and I value your time very much. I'd like to invite you to become a follower and supporter of the Growing Band Orchid podcast. Now, I'm sure you already listen to the show, and you've got some friends that are listening as well, and we really, really, really appreciate that. So if you keep that up, that'd be awesome. But we've now started growingband.com, which is a new website for us, and there's lots of ways you can interact with us. You can follow us on social media channels, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube by going on growingband.com and clicking on any of those to follow us. You can also find on there now a new merchandise store, which is the Growing Band Director Podcast logo and some sayings on lots of different items on there for men and women. And um, there's things from t-shirts and sweatshirts to other clothing and accessories, lots of different options on there with lots of different sizes and colors. Again, a little bit of that money comes back to us at the podcast to help us keep some content going for you. Finally, I'd like to invite you to become a Patreon member. This is a listener-supported show, which means we don't take any ads besides this one. Instead, we rely on listeners like you to keep us going, right? The way to support us um, is by going to growingband.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. And you can choose either $5 a month, $3 a month, and you'll gain access to the episode notes as well as an audio file of every episode we've done. Among other things, this is where you'll find our repertoire list and all the different repertoire podcasts we've done in the past and will do in the future. So whether it's by clicking on Patreon, um, following us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, um, going to the merchandise store on growingband.com and ordering something for yourself or some family or friends, um, and also sharing the show with some other people, we really, really appreciate you being part of the show. And please reach out at any point. And uh, there's a way to do that on growingband.com as well on the contact us button. Uh, Anyways, let's get to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Growing Band Director podcast. My name is Kyle Smith, and joining me is my friend and colleague, Jeff Smith. Our mission is to share practical advice and explore topics that will help every band director, no matter your experience level, as well as music education students who are working to join us in the coming years. Together, we will discuss many aspects of a well-rounded band program, but most importantly, we will discuss concepts that help us all improve our own programs each and every day. Always remember the famous quote by Ray Kroc, when you're green, you're growing, and when you're right, you rot. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Growing Band Director podcast. Today, I'm very excited to share with you a podcast about solutions for your pep band needs. Super easy solutions um, in order to make this happen. Um, I will put a quick plug in that uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, this is also available on video on YouTube. So you, um, you're gonna, there's gonna be a lot of things on here that are visual on the screen that I will describe. But wanted to let you know if you check it out on YouTube, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about with these things as well. Um, so why am I doing this? Well, recently on social media, I've gotten tons of requests, people asking me about pep band music uh, and what I do and what works. And uh, I've been lucky and very happy to share a lot of um, stuff with those people. And hopefully that works for them really well. Um, so I thought I would jump on and, and actually show what I do and how I have kids actually do this um, and all that. So first of all, I'll say that this is not a licensed uh, approach. I'm using this for my group, so I don't get clearance to use these tunes uh, or anything like that. Um, so also, this is just educationally, right? Um, my approach to pep band is I want it to be easy to learn, 
I want it to be uh, fun for the kids and I want it to be super playable, right? We want it to be something that Welcome back, everybody, to the Growing Band Director Podcast. I'm doing a podcast today, sort of impromptu, um, because of some demand that I've been asked for, for some um, pep band music that works really well for your kids. And I wanted to share with you my quick approach that I've been using for many years and how you can actually acquire uh, some of this stuff for free with some work through your your kids, especially any kids who are in maybe music theory with you. Um, so the reason I'm doing this, cause just, there's been a lot of people contacting me and I said, you know, I'm happy to share this stuff. Anybody who wants to uh, email me, I'm happy to share my stuff, smithk at westbrookschools.org, but also wanted to, uh, let you know that you can also do this too. And your kids can have ownership in your program through this. So, um, first of all, this is not a licensed approach. I have not like cleared waivers in, in doing all these things. Um, simply just trying to take a tune to arrange for my kids to play at our home games and things like that and pep rallies. So. My approach to pep band is a couple things. First of all, I want it to be easy. I want it to be fun for them to learn. I want it to be contemporary tunes for the most part or older tunes that they want to play, not just older tunes that we own, right? Um, and I, again, I want it to be playable and easy. And I want, no matter what band I have, I want them to be able to play it. Um, so when, when I did pep band a long time ago, it was hard to come up with tunes that my band could actually play. And that they liked. So this is how I sort of started this whole thing uh, over a decade ago. Um, I want to make it educational. So I want to make it playable by as many groups as no matter the strength um, by not leaning on one too, one part too heavily. For example, all of part one is going to be trumpets and clarinets and flutes in unison or in octaves. So if you have one strong section, but in a weak section somewhere else, it's going to be covered. Um, the alto saxophone part is going to be exactly the same as the French horn or mellophone part. The trombone parts are going to be exactly the same as the tenor saxophone part. And then all the bass instruments are also going to be the same. I'll also write a percussion part of just a bass and a snare book. And it's super simple groove stuff. So my goal is not to make this complicated, but to make it something you can put together quickly and use quickly. Use quickly. Um, so for me, um, the power of something easy and the power of making it um, using unison and octaves when needed as well is super powerful because that, that works really well. Um, and kids like it and it's, and it's easy to do. So often I see these arrangements that are just complicated and would take time to put together, but if you've got a show to learn and other stuff on your priority list, you want it stuff that will come together pretty easily. Um, for me, I do this in my music theory class. Um, and it's a unit that we do in our arranging section, which is our second semester of music theory. Um, so again, you'd have to find a, a way that this works for you, but I'll give you sort of the template that I use through this, this short podcast. Um, to me, they get ownership in the program, um, and they get arranging skills that benefit the band and they learn how to do that arranging, which will help them as they get older as well. You know, they get their name on the top of it, uh, as the arranger. And so as, as they graduate, their name sort of lives on through the program. Um, what you're going to need to do. Um, to do this. First of all, you as the teacher will need some sort of file, uh, um, excuse me, program to use. So you need some sort of Sibelius or Finale 
or something else where you can make your parts and your scores look really, really nice. Your kids need a music software of some point. So there are some free items you can use on laptops, at least here in Maine. Um, we have students who have MuseScore, um, which is sort of like a basic version of Finale, and that can be downloaded easily and for free. Um, another one that's web-based is NoteFlight. So they get a, um, as long as they have a device to be on, they can use that and it's based on the interwebs. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of other options out there as well. Those are the two that I've used. Um, and the last thing you'll need is I use music notes for access to the lead sheet of the tunes. And what's great about musicnotes.com, if you haven't um, known it, basically you can find any tune you want on there. And you do have to pay to get the lead sheet. You know, sometimes it's $2, $3, up to $5 for the lead sheet. Uh, I actually get uh, like a gift card that we pay with our, we buy with our um, music money. And then I can use that however I want on that website. But what that allows me to do is actually take the tune and in almost every case, decide what key I want it in. It'll put it in the right key before I download the PDF. So you need to have access to the score um, and the chord changes for these. So that, those are the only things that you need. You need your own program in order to be able to sort of um, make a final version for the kids. Um, the kids use their note flight or muse score free software. And then you need to be able to get the lead sheet from somewhere. And I, you can find a lot of free lead sheets, but to me, musicnotes.com is a really easy way to do that. So next, what I'm going to do is share my screen for those of you who are watching um, and just show you the steps on how I go about doing this. Okay. Um, so this is the paper that I give out. Um, and it's for, again, music theory. That's just an arrangement of what I have. Um, um, so it says, arrange a pop song of your choosing for the assigned instrumentation. Your song must be approved in order to have it added to the Pepdan music book and performed at public events to be done on MuseScore or Sibelius or Finale if students already had those, which they don't. Or, of course, we already talked about um, note flight. The keys allowed, we allow kids to do this in the key of B flat or the key of E flat. And to be honest, when I choose ranges and instruments, I look at the trumpet part. Because if the trumpets can stay at their F on top of the staff and below G at the absolute highest, then I know that every kid's going to be able to play it. And then if it's low enough, we can always have kids take it up an octave if they want to. But to make it easy and playable, I, um, as long as it works for the trumpet part, um, then usually the key works really well for everybody. Um, instrumentation, you'll see here, um, we have flute and clarinet. Both are part one, as well as trumpet, which is part one. Um, let's see, alto saxophone. And French horn or mellophone are both part two. Tenor sax and trombone are part three. And then bass clarinet, barry sax, tuba, and string bass are part four. I also will put a percussion part in there, like I mentioned earlier, of bass drum and snare drum grooves. Um, also, the power of quarter notes in the bass drums helps a lot. You can use a drum set player. In that case, I would just have them learn the tune and just play by ear. Um, for me, I use a full drum line, so it's it's pretty basic stuff for them. You'll also notice when I say part one, that means flute, clarinet, and trumpet are identical. They may be in different octaves, but they are identical to make it easy to learn and uh, easy to use. And in one, one year, if you have a strong clarinet section and a weak flute section, it doesn't matter because the parts are covered. And that goes for everything. Okay, so next we go to, um, to the steps to the arranging. So the first thing I have the kids do is they choose a tune and you help them choose a key. So you got to find a tune that is current that they want to do. And if your gut is like, you know what, that's not going to work, then have them choose a different tune. But usually they come up with some really good ideas. Um, 
Next, you need to acquire the lead sheet. Um, if you have to transcribe it, it's much harder. There is a way to transcribe it easily if you're doing a riff version, which I'll explain in a little bit. Um, but getting the getting the lead sheet where you can see, okay, this is G minor and this is the notes of the melody in the key I want to use um, is a really, really big deal. Next, I'll have the kids analyze the form. Um, if that's So they need to know where the intro is, the verse, and the chorus. And there's basically going to be two different um, versions that I will give examples of here at the end. One is going to be a riff tune, and the other one is going to be like an intro verse chorus tune. Um, then I have down here this quick diagram where I basically have them plan who's going to be doing what, right? Do they all have the melody at a certain time? Um, um, at the verse is the melody in the part two and three. And then at the chorus, does the melody go to the do the um, part one? You know, where where are things go? So going. So you kind of want to plan that out a little bit. Um, and then, you know, one trick on this is if you have like an accompaniment part, like so say your trombones and tenor sax are playing like the chords underneath, you know, are they going to play whole notes or are they going to play some sort of small rhythm that's going to help um, propel the piece? So you know, I would advise against using the exact rhythm on the lead sheets. I would make something that works rhythmically that's pretty simple. And again, you'll see a couple examples of things that I'll show you. Um, okay, when they're finished with that, um, what what I ask them to do is to um, then um, they're going to go up to their program and they're going to save it as what's called an XML file, .xml. And that's a universal file that any program can open that's a music program and then what they do is they send that xml file to me when i open it up on sibelius it doesn't always look pretty um, but it is usable now it's the same thing for finale sometimes they open up and it's great sometimes it's, it takes a little bit of work but to me if i've got five or six of these that i have to edit i can do those in a couple hours and then i quickly have a few hundred dollars worth of music that is professional looking and and in PDF and able to use over and over again. Oh yeah, and for free, and the kids have um, done it. So that's great for them too. Um, so I make sure the files look professional and I make sure the score looks professional. And I, if when in doubt, I make things easier. I'll even take their thing and say, you know what? We really should have changed this and I'll just alter it a little bit. Um, and the kids get all the credit. Um, afterwards, I save the PDFs and print a full set and score of parts for the kids to keep and for the kids to take with them. And then I also have my version as well. Find a very short melody that you can use, sometimes two bars, sometimes four bars, and there's lots of them. And they might come from tunes that are longer, but you just need to use a short version of it. I'll usually do it uh, four measures or eight measures, whichever one seems right. In this case, I did eight. Um, that's the first half of the tune. And then you'll do a small drum break. Um, I like to have a couple hits of the band, just simple, simple hits with some space. And then I do exactly the same thing at the end. So you'll see in this version you're looking at, um, we have the lows have it one time, the melody of, of Seven Nation Army, and then everybody has it together. Again, your band can be really weak. Um, at some point you'll notice here, like this is a little on the higher side for part one and part two. That could easily be brought down, especially for alto saxophone. Um, you know, that could be brought down no problem if that was an issue. And um, then you'll see at measure nine here, there's a quick percussion break and where the percussion just keeps going. And then there is a section at the end, which is exactly the same thing as the beginning. You could do this arrangement in 10 minutes. 
and it works really, really well. These short riff tunes work work amazingly because you don't want something hard, you don't want something long, and you want something that the audience is going to like. So the next version you can do is something that uses the an introduction, a verse, and a chorus. What I like to do is use an introduction, and then sometimes I'll even use that as the outro as well at the end. That's what I do in this case for Philip Phillips' tune called Home, and this works really well, especially for homecoming and things like that. So I'll have the main melody here, which you can see on the paper is in full octaves, and it's pretty basic. And then it moves into the melody, the, the verse portion of the melody, and you'll see the melody is in alto sax and French horn. It's exactly the same thing. It's also in tenor sax in this case, which I probably should, uh, I think I did that for a certain group, probably should have the trombone part and the tenor part the same. Um, this is for the verse, and then when it gets to the chorus, we add more people in and the melody goes to part one and then everybody finishes, right? And I have a repeat here as well. So it can go back and do the verse chorus as many times as you want, or you can also be finished. And this, in this case, I took the intro and did it at the end as well. I think I did it twice. Uh, and then I put a very short ending. Something that's easy to end like that. So again, that that form is an intro with a verse, a chorus, and then an intro again used as the outro. You can also do that as an intro, verse, chorus, and be finished. The intro works just because you can introduce the tune. Sometimes it works really well to just do the chorus. Just do the chorus of a tune, and that works, that works really well. It's almost like a riff tune, but using the chorus of it. Really, anything that you think is going to sound really good is what's going to work. And then finally, you sometimes you'll come across a tune. This is the final countdown by the band Europe. This is a, a classic version of an old tune that kids still really like because it's a really cool tune. And if you had a vibe from a, from kids that an older tune like this, they don't like it all. Don't I don't even bother playing it. I just want to do stuff that my kids are going to like because if my kids in the band like it, there's a good chance the audience is going to like it too, especially the student section of the audience. So in this case, this there's an intro in this, but this is the exact intro that was done on the version of the tune. And you'll notice I have part ones and part twos all have the main melody here. And then part three is playing the harmony part, which is simple. And then a part four, which actually has a moving bass line here. This is one of the harder tunes. Not that this is hard, but still it takes a little bit of time to put together these days. And then it goes to a verse, and the verse actually happens twice. And the way this student did it was the first time the verse happens, the melody is in the upper parts, part one. And then the second time that happens, the melody is in part two and part three. So it moves around a little bit. The bass part is a lot of eighth notes on this one. That could also be changed. Could also be have been quarter notes. Short quarter notes would have worked too if that works better for your kids. And then after the verse comes the chorus, which in this case was exactly the same thing as the introduction. So this is actually a case where a tune works really well and you have the chorus right out right out front and then verse chorus and that works really, really well. And then to end this, I just uh, put a couple beats here at the end that made it sound like it was final and everybody has exactly the same notes. I find that octaves or unison at the very end makes things sound really final. So those are a couple of the, those are the three probably most common ones I do. If you're unsure of this or this, this is new to you, go ahead and just use the riff version where you go back and you just take, you know, uh, four measures, eight measures, something like that. And just use this repeat the few measures and uh, put it in low and then put it in high or put it in high and then put it in low. 
do a drum break and do it again. And you got it. You've got 30 seconds of music. That's pretty easy for your kids and everybody's got the same thing. So those are the practical ways that I use uh, forms in, in this project. So to me, this approach is very doable for our kids. It usually takes them three or four weeks of my class time in order to do that. Um, but we just have this endless amount of tunes that we can use and we can do. Again, I'll say, keep it simple, use octaves, use riff tunes that can be um, just used quickly and put together quickly. And most importantly, make, make pep band something that's not hard for the kids, but something that they can do pretty quickly and go on it and do it, right? Because you've got other stuff you want to do as well. Um, that's all I got for you. I hope that this um, time is working for you. And that uh, some of you might have this idea to use it as well. Please feel free to reach out to me at any point, growingband.com. And I'd be happy to help you out individually if you have questions or want to see my stuff e even more on that. Again, if you could uh, subscribe to the podcast, hit that little plus button up on the top right. That'd be really helpful. And uh, find us on YouTube and all the other places. Hope you guys are well. Have a great start to your school year. We sincerely appreciate you taking your valuable time and listening to the Growing Band Director podcast. Your students are very lucky to have a band director like you. If you have any suggestions for episode topics or think you have an area of expertise to share on a show with us, please reach out. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your band director friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Growing Band Director. See you next week.